Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rolling in Time podcast. I'm Enrique Medina. I'm Rich Contreras. And thank you all for joining in, especially with this special episode, our first episode, our premiere episode of the Rolling in Time podcast. So now to get straight into things, Richie, I wanted to talk about specifically how the coronavirus has been affecting college sports. We obviously know uh, how it's affected the professional sports world with the NBA, with Major League Baseball, with soccer globally, with so many sports around the world. But tell me a little bit of how it's affected the college game. We know NCAA is a huge part of the college game, college football, college basketball, NCAA March Madness tournaments, you know, everything about the whole college culture. Tell me a little bit about what's been going on. What are some of the mumbles? Uh, what's going on with college sports in regards to COVID-19? Well, in regards to college football and COVID-19, college football is taking kind of a beating right now in regards to conferences not playing and players not playing. Uh, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten have decided that they're going to uh, halt their season for 2020. And it's affecting many college towns in regards to that because football is a primary sport for college towns. It makes college towns. Uh, oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. It makes yeah, them- and I mean, like, I mean, we've talked about it before with you with uh, Arizona State. You've gotten the lucky chance to go to a lot of games over there. And I could only imagine how the experience is over there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the experience at a college football game is nothing other, just the sounds, the ability to go to a game, everything. It's just, it's an amazing feeling. And I feel, honestly, I feel bad for the players who don't have the opportunity to play this season but it also gives them time to heal it for all those players that are injured it gives them time to learn it gets them time to get better in the weight room gets them time for everything like that um of course Dabo Sweeney had said that they don't need the Big Ten or the Pac-12 to acknowledge a champion uh, I don't know if that's a true statement or not I've heard I've been hearing rumors about that I think it's a, it's kind of like a stab in the back towards the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, um, crowning a champion. My personal opinion on the situation, the Pac-12 is probably the most dominant, up to top to bottom conference in the entire country. Uh, the Pac-12 conference always beats up on itself. Uh, we're always good. We always have players. Uh, Big Ten, they always have some teams that are always in the playoff. But for the SEC and the ACC, they usually dominate the playoffs. So I I could see the reason why uh, Dabble Sweeney were to say that. But a lot of these players that uh, don't have the ability to play are opting to go to the NFL. And they're going to the NFL right now, or they're deciding to transfer to schools that are playing this okay. semester. Yeah. Um, I uh, personally... I would just wait. I would wait it out. Most likely the NCAA, if, if things decide to get worse, uh, the NCAA has to grant these kids a year of eligibility. They have to get a year of eligibility. It's 
Yeah, of course. Is that something they've kind of been in the talks in? I know uh, that's kind of what the deal was with the spring sports, correct? Yeah, the spring sports uh, last year had got a year of eligibility. A lot of them just decided to take this year as their year of eligibility. In my opinion, that was the worst decision they could have done. But that's my personal opinion. I would have wait. I would have waited for that. I would have waited on my year of eligibility just towards the end, or just to have it as a backup if something were to happen, like an injury or anything like that. That would. That's what I would have done. No, but, that's a great. That's a great point because obviously you're not going to know the circumstances. You know, you don't know what could happen in the future. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why I'm saying uh, I would. I would have waited, but. I have not heard anything in regards to the NCAA giving these players a year of eligibility. Um, I would assume that these players would get a year of eligibility, say if the season were to play out in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and a lot of these teams that are opting out to play this season. I think the NCAA will give them a year, but it does hurt the players in the other conferences who do not decide to play because it doesn't give them that year of eligibility and they're basically losing a football season technically because they don't get to play the amount of talent on the schedule in front of everybody because of with all the circumstances we have right now in regards to football. Um, one thing you mentioned earlier um, is about um, a lot of players just deciding to go straight to the NFL. Um I wanted to know from you, is there, I know in the case of the NBA, there's typically other routes students can take, you know, other than going to college, you have um, the G League now, you have playing overseas, you know, obviously guys like LaMelo Ball have done that. Is there some sort of route these players could take during this year that they'll probably not be able to play um, in order to get to that next step, you know, obviously being the NFL? Uh, I don't think so. I think if you're a college player right now, NCAA is really, really strict on their rules. So if you're a college player right now looking to play, uh, you just got to wait it out, I would assume, because there's no other league in which these players can go to. Okay, so would you say this is more the case for guys who are seniors in high school and for their next step, whether to go to college or not, I guess? Yeah, that, that, that question I would would say would go towards the seniors right now looking to go. Okay, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like there's no – you kind of just have to wait it out and wait your turn. Um, I do have buddies who are seniors right now in high school getting offers and that are uh, have the ability to go play at the next level. You and, know, You know, about that too is just such a hard topic to really like think about because a lot of these guys, you know, having this – season could really help their stock you know to potentially be noticed by a team so that part of it really really sucks man yeah it really hurts the players it really hurts the players the players who don't get the ability to play it does affect their draft stock uh for example the north dakota state uh quarterback right now he's looking to have a big year he's number three on the big board for quarterbacks um he was looking to jump up, maybe maybe number two to pass Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, but I don't see that happening. Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields have been the solid number one and number two players at the quarterback position. But even for him to being a number 
uh, number three on the big board is a really big deal. And it does, it, it, it does hurt his stock. It does hurt his stock a lot, especially if he were to have come out this year. Uh, he wouldn't have the same amount of hype that he's getting now, which does hurt him. It does hurt him a lot. For sure. Uh, mentioning on that too, kind of uh, adding on to that, um, how do you really think it'll affect things as far as marketability is concerned? Marketability in regards to the sport of football or the players? Uh, more so the players, because obviously what's going to be affected at least the most directly, you know, obviously is the players. We know the NCAA is going to get affected, obviously, financially and things like that. But it, I feel like it's almost a given that the people who are affected the most is the players. So, um, yeah, more, more so about the players with marketability. Well, a lot of these schools still can make money off the players which is a big topic right now on whether the players should get the ability to make money off their likeness. And I believe a bill was passed for the players in 2023 or 2022 that the players can start making money off their likeness. And yeah, but right now there is no real way of marketability for them. Basically it's if you, kind of get camera time or if you have that ability that's kind of really all they that, that's about the most they could get yeah there's no you wow. can't you, the ncaa is really strict yeah on, they're, they're they are huh they're, they're they're super strict with that stuff the, the ncaa is really strict on their rules and even if you were to say if you were a division one starting quarterback yeah best player on the team and you were to sign a football for money you could lose your potentially lose your scholarship and lose your place on the team. Hey, that, that even goes with like the video games, huh? Yeah. That's why they have yet to make another NCAA football game. Oh yeah. But it's since 2014, I think the last 20, one, 2014 was the last game they had. Wow. There has been rumors that the game is going to come back, but uh, nothing is really hard evidence that it's going to come back this you know, you know what that yeah that's kind of one of those game franchises that you wish you had back you know uh especially with me with like mvp baseball i don't know if you ever played that but that's that's a video game franchise i loved even though they only had a few games you know you you kind of miss those things you know the nostalgia of being able to play college sports and especially i i even remember playing ncaa basketball for a little bit i remember playing a game that had Kevin Durant on the cover when he was at Texas when he was at uh yeah he yeah, was yeah. a Longhorn yeah yeah I yeah, remember yeah. playing that game a lot I think that was NCAA basketball 2000 I think it was 08 or yeah 07? it was like I think it was 07 yeah that that's when the Bruin the Bruins were like a great squad right then huh they had yeah. Kevin Love Russell Westbrook yeah the UCLA yeah. was definitely one of the more dominant teams for sure for sure that's when they made back-to-back, huh? I'm not too sure on that. I think so, though. But in regards to, again, in regards to the Pac-12, um, they're losing a hundred, hundreds of million dollars right now with football being canceled. Uh, there's a actually a page right now that is showing 
uh, how much money they were to lose. Uh, the conference stood to collect $276.4 million in media rights. Fees from ESPN and Fox in 2021. College sports cycles according to the copy of term sheet obtained by the hotline. Wow. You know, honestly, this whole situation is just... It's like, who, who wins, you know? At the end of the day, who, who wins? Yeah, honestly, no one's really winning right now. Yeah. Everyone's just got to stay safe in regards to COVID. And NFL had wanted to make uh, adjustments to the helmets and uh-huh. put, like, a face mask in the helmets and stuff like that. But being a, a former football player, it gets really hot in those helmets. It gets really, really hot in those helmets. And especially if you're wearing a visor, you know, that, that's, that affects vision and things like that. Cause I've, I've worn my glasses with a mask, dude, it gets all foggy, man. It's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, that exactly. So I would just say like, in my, again, my opinion, everyone is entitled to the other opinion, but I don't think, college sports should happen this this season like same thing with basketball basketball i don't i i hope they don't do basketball for for college just because um it affect it's affecting the kids future exactly you know it also uh to go along with that is just the fact that this is a global pandemic you know it not only does it have to it has that chance of affecting the students the student athletes I mean, they also put their families at risk and things like that. You know, there's just so much else that goes into it. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's why, personally, I like the way the NBA is doing it. The NCAA mm-hmm. has the bubble. The NCAA, the, sorry, the NBA has their bubble. And yeah. they're maintaining those players there. Yes, it does It does suck for the players to not to be Have able to, to see, not to be able yeah. to see their families and stuff like that. Of course. But they're getting they're getting paid to do their job, but they're staying safe while doing it, which is I that's why I give credit to the NBA for doing that. Of course. Um, say for instance, if the college football were to do a bubble, I would say uh, it would like a season could happen if they were to do a bubble. How do you think that would go though? Because especially considering we have so many leagues around the around the country, we got the Pac-12, ACC, uh, all spots geographically. You know how how do you think that would be able to happen? Uh, it's they would probably have to play, say for like the Pac with the Pac-12. Predominantly, a lot of these teams I would say would want to come to California or go to Arizona State, go to University of Arizona, just to be out there and all those teams would have to play in one stadium one stadium i would say yeah it it's that's a lot that is a lot but it if you were to want to not affect the players and do anything like that i think that would be the smartest way like with the sec the sec is more in the southeast part of the country like nice. louisiana alabama so yeah. you you would kind of have to do like a neutral site, I would say, because you don't want to have just one predominantly like, oh, let's do it at LSU. But all the teams have to come to LSU, which kind of affects the 
teams and the way they play and how they're going to practice and stuff like that so what do you have different bubbles let's say we have like four bubbles around the country things like that maybe five yeah 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 i would say they would have to do multiple bubbles in order to do that if they were to want to have to create um a season for them would you think things would stay the same with the season or do you think there would be some sort of tournament style elimination type of thing well the the college football aspect they had released their schedules before they decided that they were yeah because i mean that that's a part of it too you know yeah they had released their their schedules and a lot of these players were just gonna play interconference games there was not going to be no say arizona state was playing university of alabama there's no there's none like that. It's all interconference games. So the Pac-12 consists of Pac-12 North and Pac-12 South. Of course. I mean, just everything to maintain everything within the bubble, you know. That yeah, yeah, makes yeah. Sense. Which it's it helps the players, in my opinion. It helps of the course. players. But at the same time, it it's just it's a liability. It's a liability on the players. I don't know if they were to keep all the rules, like how the – NBA is doing it. The NBA is doing all their bubble rules. No one can leave. Of course. I, I would imagine they would have to do that maybe even stricter, you know, uh, just considering yeah. how many people we have at stake, especially with college football. We also got college basketball. Those are a lot of people you have to um, pretty much have within that bubble. You know, you have training staff, you have coaches, you have uh, maybe even potentially scouts. I'm not sure about that. You have media, obviously the players. There's just so so many people you have to contain in one area. That I would imagine they would have to be even stricter. Yeah, they would. Have, it would have to be a lot more strict. Um, the media, there's some media allowed in the NBA bubble, but those media people are staying in the bubble. They're not, course, they, yeah. they, don't, they don't have the ability to leave. Yeah. But it's still giving you the opportunity to see the media aspect and the behind the scenes of what's going on in the bubble, basically. Of course. Yeah. Uh, what Honestly, when it comes down to it, though, would, would you be more in favor for a bubble or more in favor for just, you know, letting the season just run by, just uh, just grant extra year of eligibility, things like that, and not have a season? I would say I would have to scratch the season, just grant the kids a year of eligibility. That's just more – it's more safe for – or safer, sorry. It's safer for the kids to – have the ability to stay on campus or stay at home, practice what they have to do, stay in shape, run, do all this extra work for them to come back, say, if they were to have a season in January. A lot of these kids, say, if they were to have the season in January, they would have to be back on campus at least by Thanksgiving. At least by Thanksgiving. Wow. Because they would have to get back in training. They would have to learn the playbook again. They would have to do all that. So they're basically doing summer summer practices in the fall and playing their games in early, late winter, early spring. 
honestly, you bring up a, a perfect point as far as like the things with staying in shape. That's going to take a lot of discipline, a lot of hard work. And you know what? Things like that can affect a team. You know, if, if one guy isn't as disciplined as another, if one guy doesn't put as much work as another and things like that. So uh, honestly, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think best route is probably just to not have a season. Obviously, it's, obviously it's going to suck. Um, I'd definitely go that route at least for fall and winter sports. Spring still a question mark i'm thinking as of now it probably might get canceled again it's so hard to tell because obviously they've had um they've they've found a vaccine is just a matter to see when when it's gonna be released to the public and things like that yeah how effective it is yeah Yeah, when it's going towards mass production of course but i just don't know i i i I think it's pretty safe to say that fall sports and winter sports are probably going to get canceled. Yeah, I would, I would have, I would have to say that spring is still up in the air. Spring's still optimistic on whether they're going to play or not Uh, like baseball, softball, all those sports. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, just the whole college environment in general, it's just, flat out amazing you know and it's just gonna it's just gonna be a bummer man i mean switching on though switching switching to our next subject let's go a little bit into the professional side of things because obviously we have so many leagues coming back to i guess well not 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 normalcy but coming back you know we have major league baseball who just started season in late july like July 23rd or the 24th were the days of opening day. We have the NBA who we talked about earlier has their bubble right now. They're currently in the playoff stages. We are in round one, a lot of great matchups. And we also have um, other sports that we don't necessarily know about, uh, about their future. You know, the NFL, what are they going to do? You know, things like that. So first off, I, I wanted to mention, Let's go with football, man. Uh, things with the NFL. How are things settling as far as uh, COVID-19 and a potential return? Um, football really hasn't had any, like, really big news. Uh, players are still coming back. Players are opting out of the season, like like college football and doing all that. They're opting out. But football really doesn't have that much news. Some players are getting hurt in practices right now and it's really it's really walkthroughs i would say just to not um be so much contact and like risk of spreading the disease and everything. oh like yeah that. for sure for sure for sure for sure thousand percent yeah yeah so but a lot of these players are just having the ability to get back on the field and practicing yeah i've the uh, linebacker on the dolphins had tore his acl um Gerald McCoy on the Cowboys fears that he has a ACL tear. Uh it's just a it's just a lot for all these players to process trying to stay six feet apart from each other, doing all this stuff in football and trying to have a season back again. Do you think they'll have a plan eventually? Do you think they might have to postpone the season 
or a little later, a little later start time. What are kind of your thoughts? Well, I haven't heard anything in regards to the NFL players contracting the disease. Um, I would say they're looking to be on schedule for their season. Mm. Um, I would assume there's not going to be any media anybody of course yeah any, same thing with other sports no fans things like that yeah yeah, yeah. i i just think it's gonna be it's gonna be weird it's gonna be weird but i think it's it's just gonna play out as normal um but football is a contact sport and there's a lot of um interaction with other players say like with other teams it, it just it just affects because you don't know if those players have it or not yeah you know uh, even with the sidelines you know there's a lot of players and coaches and personnel that are on the sidelines specifically in the nfl in american football you know um i know i've seen in soccer all around the all around the world globally europe uh north america south america a lot of those leagues have players actually sit in the stands you know that just have like an easy entrance for players who are coming in to be able to uh, come in and get substituted into the game. Uh, so obviously there could be a potential solution or potential idea for the NFL, something like that. But yet at the same time, though, one thing I do want to bring up on that point, um, you know, obviously with football, things happen so quickly, you know, so you're going to need a substitute to come in really fast. So I feel like the NFL would have to have some sort of guideline or policy where there needs to be a certain amount of people on the sideline, potentially uh, who knows how many, but definitely standing six feet apart that way, you know, come whoever it is that needs to come into the game, you know, they could just run from wherever they're at, you know, because like I mentioned, there's still that element that you need to be, especially if, football you need to be quick with substitutions you know yeah, yeah, yeah exactly um i remember hearing that the players who are not playing and the coaches who are not positional coaches and stuff like that have to have a mask on in order to protect everybody else who doesn't have a mask on um but i believe that football is football is going to happen i believe football is going to happen because there hasn't been any news in regards to them canceling it, um, players contracting the virus. It's just been business as usual. Yeah. You know what? Uh, let's change the topic a little bit, get away from football. And I want to talk to you a little bit about baseball because, you know, we have about close to a month now of the season. Um, we've seen a lot of problems. I feel like there's no other way to put it. Um, obviously, we had the Miami Marlins within the first week of their season. They had almost like half of the team contract the virus. It was about 15, 16 guys. You know, after their opening series in Philadelphia against Bryce Harper and the Phillies, um, we also have the St. Louis Cardinals. They had, I don't, I don't remember the exact number. I want to say around 10 to 12 players. Might have gotten COVID or 10, think, 10 to think, 12 personnel and players. Yeah. And yeah, we've had the Cincinnati Reds just this this weekend. They had, they had some players contract the virus, I think one or two. 
And specifically with baseball, it's so hard because, you know, there's teams from the East competing against the West, you know. I mean, they've set up their system where, let's take, for example, the National League West. The National League West teams are only going to be playing this season against teams from the National League West and teams from the American League West. So they're keeping things not in a bubble, but they're keeping things settled geographically, you know. So, I mean, despite that, there still is a lot of distance that needs to be covered and a lot of distance that needs to be traveled within these teams, you know. Like just today, the Los Angeles Dodgers, they played a game last night against the Seattle Mariners in Los Angeles, and today they played in Seattle, you know. And that's not that's not the quickest of flights, obviously. And, you know, things like that – it's it's tough because obviously there's a lot more distance that needs to be covered. So I don't I don't know what 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 are some of your thoughts on like just the whole baseball way of doing it as of now? The NOS against AL West, AL Central, NL Central, NL East, AL East. Um, do you think it's been effective so far? Do you think it's something that could last the rest of the way? Uh, I think it's the best thing that we're going to get right now. Uh, it's just keeping these, uh, athletes safe playing against these teams who are in your, like how you had said the same geographical region, just being able to play the game is it's really, it's, it's a step forward because of with the whole COVID situation again, like you had said, the whole traveling, it that can put a toll on a lot of these players on playing games, uh, four to five games on the back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back series. Yeah. can put a toll on these players. And traveling, I would say the best way they could be able to travel would be you have to, as soon as you this game's over, you just have to get on the flight. You're not talking to nobody anything like that, like, I would say that's probably the best way that you're going to have to do it in order to have people, like, not spread it, like how you had said with the Cardinals and the Marlins. Yeah, even with that, I want to bring bring it up. Um, one thing that's really come into fruition, one thing that's really gotten the headlines in Major League Baseball this past week was um, – the case with the Cleveland Indians, we have uh, two of their best pitchers, two of their best starting pitchers, Mike Clevenger and Zach Plesak. They were in a series in Chicago. I don't remember if it was against the White Sox or the Cubs. I think it was against the Cubs. And what they basically decided to do was um, leave the team hotel or leave wherever they're supposed to be at, you know, and they decided to hang out with their friends. Um, and along with that, you know, obviously they're putting their, their team at danger. Um, one of the relief pitchers on the Cleveland Indians, Oliver Perez, a Mexican-born um, left-handed relief pitcher for the Indians, said straight up, you know, if, if they come back, I'm, I might just decide to, to not play anymore this season. You know, we got things like that. And going back even to the college sports aspect of it and even things with like the NBA bubble, we think we saw something similar to that in the NBA bubble with Lou Williams. He decided to hang out. I, th- I think it was at like a strip club or something like that. But um, there's that aspect where 
not only do you need to be disciplined without and keeping in shape, there's also that mental discipline to make sure you don't put others at danger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting people, um, not putting teams um, and other players in danger is the best way to do it. Like you had said, the two pitchers, um, I believe they got a, they had to do a 14 day quarantine and yeah and on, they straight up they straight up all they optioned them to their their alternate site the cleveland indians they optioned mike clevenger and zach plesak and they're probably two of their best three or four pitchers on that starting rotation they they do have a really good starting rotation and they're two of the big guns you know that's you know the, it's just flat out crazy how things happen yeah, 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 especially because if you're a starting pitcher, a starting pitcher, um, if you have a 14-day quarantine, that's possibly two to three starts, and that affects the rotation a lot. So that, in my opinion, that was smart to option them to the alternate site because then you can bring in two new pitchers and it doesn't affect the rotation. I mean, even then, even then though, there's also points like, that could potentially bring more work to the bullpen. Sometimes that brings things like fatigue, things like that. There's, there's, there's so many factors you have to consider. But ultimately, of course, it's the right move. Right. Yeah. Move, yeah. It, it ultimately it was the right move because it it saves the players. It saves the team. Uh, they can do their 14 day quarantine on the alternate site, not interact with any of the team, anything like that. But they're bringing their other pitchers in which is smart and of it course. helps the it helps the teams like with the Dodgers they brought in Urias Julio Urias um he Tony was uh, Gonsolin Tony Gonsolin as well yeah they they're bringing in all these guys who are on the alternate site and they're just they're just wrote they're rotating a lot of these guys which is keeping a lot of them fresh which is smart yeah it is to be honest totally agree Today they brought up, uh, or yesterday I believe it was, they brought up Victor Gonzalez, another Mexican, uh, another Mexican-born pitcher. They optioned Tony Gonsolin back to the site, but honestly, I'm not surprised if Tony Gonsolin gets brought back up to the big club to make a starter two again. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like they're being sent down to like AAA or anything like that. It's I mean, just... yeah, there there's no minor league, so yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. no other thing they have other than the alternate site. Yeah, there's no minor leagues, but there is baseball happening around the country that is not in regards to the MLB. Yeah. There, there is... Honest, it, it's so hard for the minor league players because a lot of them depend on their paycheck to live. You know, a lot of... I've, I've heard stories before, uh, at least on specifically like Trevor Bauer's YouTube channel. Uh, Watch Momentum is the name of this channel. Uh, just kind of some of the stories you guys have in the minor leagues some guys are working like one or two other jobs along with playing in the minor leagues just to maintain a living you know and that's just kind of the effect of COVID-19 on everybody if you think about it it's just it's just hard to really think about yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 crazy it's a crazy situation um but we are we are who we are as a as a country we're usually always close up on each other so i the disease spread fast it spread 
really, really quick. No one really know, knows what to do with it. Yeah. Uh, even now, social distancing, a lot of people still don't follow the social distancing, distancing rules and doing all that. But it, you, everyone just has to stay safe in regards to the sports world, doing whatever is possible for it. It, you just have to do it. If you have to option players, you have to cut players. Unfortunately, you just got to do do what you got to do. Oh, speaking of cutting players, the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know if you heard about it. The Seattle Seahawks had cut their rookie cornerback, I believe, that went undrafted. He had went through the whole training camp process, did all that, and made the team. Made the team. Wow. He, he made he made the team, which is wow. an, which is an awesome thing for an undrafted rookie. To I, 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 I already feel where you're going to, man. He I made the team, did all that, and he had got a little greedy in the situation and tried to sneak in uh, a female into his room wearing Seattle Seahawks clothes to make it look like it was a player. And wow. Someone, someone found out. I don't know who it was, but that player ended up getting cut, and he all that hard work that he did ended up he ended up getting cut. So a lot of these teams are they are staying to their rules. If you don't abide by these rules, you will get cut. Yes. Uh, one thing I just connecting that back to the Plesak and Clevenger point. Do you think teams should how how harsh do you think teams should punish their players as far as um breaking rules and things like that. Do you think it should go to the point where guys are released from, you know, from rosters and things like that? Do you think there should be a fine mixture of, of both? Uh, I, I, in my personal opinion, I would say at least a fine, like a really big fine, you know, in the case for Plesak and Clevenger, you know, cause obviously they're putting people at danger, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. I think there should be a fine and possibly a suspension. Like with the going back to the Dodgers, uh, Joe Kelly, the Joe Kelly situation when the when he had pitched against the Houston Astros, Astros yeah, um, the whole Korea situation. Yeah, 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 and they suspended him twenty games. That was. I think it was eight, but they they uh, brought it back down to four or five. I think it was five. But yeah, yeah even then, you know. As... They had, the, well, okay, so in regards to like the four or five, but they said that was equivalent to maybe 20 to 25 games oh, yeah. in a normal yeah. season, Yeah, which is, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. He He's just doing what he's doing. Uh, the Houston Astros, uh, they're cheaters. They're cheaters, and – they, it's a known fact now. Everyone knows that. Um, hitting the trash cans and everything like that. Uh, look at the players now. Without their whole scandal and what they were doing, a lot of those players on the Houston Nationals are not doing good this year. Karma sucks, man. Karma sucks sometimes, and they they deserve it as 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 much as Houston Nationals fans don't want to hear that. They. <laughs> They deserve it, man. Yeah. What they did was not cool whatsoever, and especially us being Dodger fans, it's heartbreaking. Honestly, that broke my heart way more than the actual loss itself. Way more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when 
they came out and said like the stats on with Clayton Kershaw when he was facing the Houston Astros in that World Series, he had through I believe it was forty two breaking balls. That was Game Five in Houston, man. He threw. I four- think they. I no swings and misses. N- yeah, Can you no, believe that. No 40- swings and misses. That's a Hall of Fame curveball right there. That's yeah, a Hall of Fame slider. Yeah, that's. Just- Obviously, how can you explain that? Yeah. Bang, bang. Bang, bang on the trash can. That's a whole, that's a whole different scenario. That's, that is a whole different scenario, to be honest. But it's, it's, it's just a crazy situation in how a couple years ago that happened. And it's still taking it, effect today. It's still taking effect right now. Well, what I mean, do- yeah. You're right, and it will always take effect for future generations going on and on. You know, people are going to look look at this like they did the Black Sox scandal way back in the early 1900s. Shoeless Joe I, Jackson. I, I think that was 1916, I believe. Uh, it was early 1900s. I can I, tell I, you that for sure. I believe it was 1916. I think it was um, – I'm pretty sure it was 1916. If I'm wrong, go ahead and correct me. But, I, I I think it might have been 19, you know, just flip the six around to a nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not too sure on that, but it's it's kind of the same situation. And it's, yeah. it, it, it just affects a lot of these players and their ability to play. And like going on with the COVID, that whole uh, – with the Kelly situation. Yeah. It, start, it started that big old brawl and their – look, that was – one of the tipping points in with players opting out. There was no social distancing. Nothing happened. Like there of course. was, there, yeah. Like most likely in a brawl, there's not going to be social distancing. Like there's, it's the heat of the moment. Nothing. It's just going to happen. But, yeah, and I, I don't know if you saw the Ramon Laureano fight from uh, Ramon Laureano, center fielder for the Oakland Athletics. They also got into. Yeah, got into yeah. a brawl against the Astros, and that one was actually a lot worse. Worse, yeah. Than the one against the Dodgers, there was actual shoving and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's it's just it's I would like how you had said like karma. Karma's coming back, but you never wish karma on anybody. You never wish karma on anybody, but stuff you know, like, in, the, in those bad cases, it's stuff, kind of bound, it's bound to happen. So something's bound to happen, but you never wish it upon someone. Yeah, of course. That's that's how how I were to see it. I mean, honestly, though, what they did, it's morally wrong what they did. You know, everybody knows it. They cheated. It's, you know, like you want to say it's in the past, but it doesn't feel like it, man. No, no, it it does not. not, It does not. And you know what? It's something I'm going to feel something i'm gonna remember forever you know that could have been our first time seeing the dodgers win the world series in our lifetimes you know that 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 takes away from memories you know you with your dad me with my dad you know huge dodger fans my dad was the person who introduced me to the sport and if you're telling me that might have been the only time i could see the dodgers win the world series alongside my dad you know that's just devastating that's yeah, it's it's definitely uh it's definitely uh, a stab in the back, especially with it being playoff time and stuff like stuff like that. It's just a 
it's a real heartbreaker. Speaking of playoffs, um, NBA, NBA is in playoffs right now. Uh, Lakers, Lakers did lose last night. Lakers did lose game one. They lost game um, one. Speaking of LA, the Clippers lost game two against the Mavericks today. Uh, just checking on it a few hours ago. Luka Doncic, he is now second place all time for most points for your first two playoff games in a career. The only person ahead of him is the all-time NBA legend, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So, you know, what Luka Doncic is doing is just flat-out amazing. You know, to come from Europe overseas from Real Madrid and doing what he's doing, it's amazing. It's it's a cra- it's a crazy situation with that. Um, a lot of these European players, they play on these professional teams at a young age. They're playing professional basketball, fourteen, fifteen years old, and when they finally decide that they're gonna take that next jump into the NBA, there are a lot of players are more pro ready. Am I saying that the European leagues are developing better players? No. But am I saying they're developing faster players to reach their peak? Or maybe yeah. NBA-ready players just in general? Yes, yeah, exactly. Am, am I saying that? Yes. A lot of American-born players, are they need development. They need time to grow as a player. Uh, it's crazy how that all connects back to the NCAA part of it. It's, you know, just rolling yeah. in time, rolling in time. Yeah, it's it's a whole, you're just rolling with the flow. You're, you got to burn the boats. You got to burn the boats, basically. Yeah, it, honestly. Well, like a lot of these players, they're one and done. And with the NCAA basketball, they're one and done, going straight to the NBA. And NBA looks for potential. The NBA looks for potential. Yeah, if you're if you were really productive in the years that you stayed at your school, then you can be um, a really good player out of college. But the NBA really looks for potential. Yeah, completely agree. They like with Zion. Zion was gonna be the bound number one pick from his junior year of high school. He was a freak in high school, was doing a whole bunch of 360 dunks, windmill dunks as a junior. <laughs> junior. Can you believe the things he was doing? That's like NBA 2K stuff right there. Like yeah. 99 overall rated NBA 2K superstar. I'm, I'm a sophomore in college, and I can barely touch the rim, unfortunately. <laughs> but <laughs> like, <laughs> I, feel you, I feel you with that. Yeah, but like I give props to any of the players who have um, the God gifted ability to do that. Um, it's I give you props in, in order to, you're chasing your dreams and doing all that um, with the NBA and doing all that. I uh, we all appreciate what you're doing in the NBA. And yeah, cra- yeah, crazy. It's just it's 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 really nice to see the NBA is really putting forth a really effective idea with the whole bubble situation and it's still bringing a lot of joy to the fans who want to see the NBA playoffs of course you know it's going to be really interesting to see how things go um obviously like you had mentioned before the Lakers lost game one of their first round matchup against the Portland Trailblazers the 
the Clippers lost game two against the Mavericks. We saw the Bucks got upset by the Orlando Magic in game one. Um, I mean, ultimately, the fact that they have a system that works is it's awesome. Yeah. And um, especially with uh, the ability to have all these players and them all in one small circle and to play the game of basketball is awesome. It's awesome. It's just an awesome knowing that that all these players are playing the game that they love. Question, do you think that the Phoenix Suns got snubbed of a playoff spot? Man, it is <laughs> they had to pick up a lot of ground and the fact that they were almost there. They went eight no. They went eight no. They they went eight no, you know, it just sucks. Uh I mean that all goes down to the system the NBA incorporated and things like that, you know. The Grizzlies had a play in a game against the Trailblazers to see who would get that final playoff spot. And they, I mean, ultimately, in the situation to begin with, wasn't favoring the Suns, and ultimately, that's kind of how it happened. Yeah, the, the the Suns needed the Grizzlies to win that game. Unfortunately, they they didn't. Uh, Devin Booker kind of saved their their season. That, oh, I think. That that was the I think that was the Nets and the Blazers in the last game, and he even said it himself. Yo, I'm a I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, man. What else can I say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And when uh, everyone had said that Devin Booker um, was like uh, one of the key players in the Suns getting to the playoffs, and Damian Lillard actually voted him for. MVP of the bubble, but yeah. everyone else voted for Damian Lillard as the MVP of the bubble. And Damian Lillard had Damian Lillard had said that he can get my vote. I would rather have the playoff spot. And he look, he they got they won their first game against the Lakers. They're 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 moving. They're moving. They're rolling with time. And exactly. They are rolling with time. I can tell you that for sure. And especially the fact that they're rolling in time with the amount of already big games that they played. They're getting used to this situation. And one thing we kind of didn't mention throughout the whole podcast episode right, right now is that fact that how it's affecting the player's performance in game, having no fans around, you know, anything from baseball to the NFL to football to soccer it's just a whole different environment having no fans around. Like, is, is there truly a home field advantage anymore? I would say not. I, w- I definitely would say no. I would definitely would say no in, in regards to the whole home field advantage and the depth perception the players were saying. It's it looks the basket looks bigger a lot of these players are hitting shots that they weren't able to hit in a normal basketball arena because you don't have that space where the fans would be sitting or the media would be sitting so it makes it look easier for the players to shoot especially now in the bubble yes so, so that's true it makes it's, the team it's, it really makes it 50 50 it yeah, really it, does it makes the teams a lot more even i mean even even with baseball man you know Things really get into your mind up there for a pitcher. Uh, 
for a hitter. You hear crowd noise, you know, especially places like Dodger Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, some of these really, really loud ballparks, you know, it just takes away from it. I, I mean, they're improvising with the fan noises, but I don't, I don't know what the, what the players think about it themselves. Some like it, some don't. Um, I know Anthony Rendon from the, now the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim used to play with the Washington Nationals. He wasn't too big a fan of the crowd noise. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how things keep going, especially with the playoff atmosphere approaching with basketball or well going on right now with basketball and potentially approaching with major league baseball. So I'm curious to see how things go performance wise. Cause really like we talked about right now, things seem really 50, 50, man, no true home field advantage. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cause you don't have the players. You don't have the players using the fans energy to give them that extra boost that extra step in order to make that dunk or hit the home run or anything like that like with the angels angels are so close the angels are so close from being a really dominant team they have the hitting they have the hitting they have the farm they have the farm system but they do not have the pitching that they need if they were to have the pitching they would be a 100% 100% a dominant team in the American League. The rotation is very, very just okay. The rotation is okay. Uh, the it's, bullpen isn't that great. Yeah. it that's, that's what they need. Like, with all these players, they need to develop a lot of these – a lot of these guys. Like, they have a pitcher in their farm system who's their number one pitcher who's more MLB ready out of Louisville. He's probably got a year in the in the minors, and then he's up with the big club. And the Dodgers got their the the other pitcher out of Louisville, and he needs some time to develop. But they say he's better than the Angels guy. So it's Bobby kind Miller. Of, yep, Bobby Miller, it's, first it's, round draft pick. It's just kind of a, a development thing. We we don't know. We hopefully a lot of these teams can turn it around with with uh with time i would say but it's it's so hard especially it it it's pretty much a time of crisis right now all over and honestly all i could say is i just hope no matter what we could get through these things together as a society we could get through this together as organizations as players as personnel as coaches you know it just that, that's really all we could do we could just roll with time and just Go with the flow. Yeah, it's, that's all we really can do right now. Um, especially with the playoffs going on right now and baseball, like we just kind of have to wait it out. We got to get more, I, I would say, development. Of course. And honestly, you know, things are going to be so much better once this pandemic ends. And you know, right now, I hopefully we've gone through the worst. And, you know, let's just hope everybody could do their part to uh, obviously help improve the situation and make things better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, We kind of just have to go with, like you had said, go with the flow because we don't know. We are in a time of crisis. 
and that's kind of really it. That's all we can do. Yep. Yeah. Totally agree. What do you want to do? You want to give some final thoughts before before we conclude? Um, I just I hope everyone's staying safe, uh, staying inside, uh, doing your part, and to help us stop the spread of COVID nineteen. Um, if you are in a state right now that is going through a heat wave, stay hydrated, uh, drink a lot of water. Uh, that's kind of really it. Hope you're staying safe in the world right now. A lot of stuff is happening. A lot of stuff's going on. Um, hope everyone's just staying safe out there. Of course. And for my part, for any of you, for any of you guys who are potentially listening, who are student athletes or just athletes in general, I wish all of you guys the best of luck during this period of crisis. Um, obviously, like Richard said, stay hydrated. Uh, make sure you wear your mask, and that goes for everybody in general. Just stay safe, stay inside. Uh, don't go out when you don't need to, and you know, just do the best you can. And especially since we're talking about athletes athletes in this episode you know it uh it's gonna take a lot of discipline it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard for everybody it's hard for everybody around the world if things are changing just keep on the grind keep on grinding you never know things could turn out for the best obviously things could turn out for the worst but you just need to keep a positive attitude just keep pushing forward keep rolling with time there's not much else I could say. Just stay safe, everybody. And honestly, that's it, man. Just stay safe. Praying for everybody. Hopefully, everybody is able to do their part. And hopefully, this whole situation can, can be over as quickly as possible. Because obviously, we all want life to go back to normal. And with that said, I want to have a special thank you to all of those who are listening in to this episode especially because of the fact that this is our premiere episode. We hope to continue this and make it into something continuous for me and Richie. This is something we've been wanting to do for a while now. And hopefully this is the start of great things for us, you know? So thank you all who are tuning in, whichever platform it may be. And other than that, from me, that's it. Again, my name is Enrique Medina. I'm Richard Contreras. Uh, Stay safe, everybody. Stay safe, guys. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Rolling in Time podcast. Peace out, guys.